The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is December 18th, 2017. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is Wrestling Inc. And we are talking about Monday Night Raw for December 18th. Oh my God. Well, it's we're on the road to the Rumble. Uh, with me as always, Mr. Raj Giri, making a surprise return tonight. And Justin Labar from Chair Shot Reality. How's it going, guys? Very good. Good, man. I would have so Matt texted uh, just a little bit ago. His commission meeting ran long, so he couldn't make it tonight. So um, I would have, you know, cleaned up a little bit more. But here we are. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Put on a sport coat? You gotta show off the wrestling t shirt. Clean. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. We trim the beard a little bit, but yeah. We do these things on video. Oh, could you imagine if it was an audio only podcast? Everyone on this podcast now has beards it's true that's why i'm joining you guys yeah it's the way to go man don't have time to shave when you're watching <laughs> all this wrestling so oh the dollar God. shave club is no you know hasn't sponsored the last few episodes it's true so yeah some weeks off give me that incentive to shave again um man so tonight the road to the rumble it's happening folks uh as even the blind could see last week it was announced a triple threat match between Kane, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar for the Universal Champion uh, chip. Tonight, uh, yeah, three faced off in the ring. Brock making an early appearance with Paul Heyman. Uh, Kurt Angle just calling the match, saying, hey, this is happening. It's true. It's damn true. I'm out of here. Uh, what did you think of that quick opening segment, Justin? I was fine with it. It was actually probably one of my favorite segments out of the whole night uh, after seeing the three hours. You know, yeah, it was inevitable. You know, we kind of figured, okay, it's going to be a triple threat after the no contest last week. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of complaints with you – know, first off, I've said this over and over. You know, Braun Strowman to me, for the men, is the top draw to me. He's the guy, when his music hits, I have full attention. I'm hanging on his every moment. He's just such an attraction to me. Uh, I know some people are a little, you know, upset that Kane – at you know his age at this point and what have you uh, as a part timer as being you know a focal point in a major story now in a major title match for a major pay per view but I, I just say look it's all about building Braun okay and Kane's gonna obviously probably take the fall we assume um, you know I'd rather Kane versus somebody that they actually are building a future to who could be a worthy opponent to a big Braun Strowman later on. I'd rather feed Kane to Braun than having Braun destroy some of these more current full-time guys. So I'm fine with this. You know, I thought it was well done. I like that they switched it up. And, you know, it could have been just been we hear Brock's music, but I like the fact that they used Paul Heyman's ladies and gentlemen. He came out, interrupted them, and then it set up for Brock coming out. I thought it was just a nice little, you know, change in detail. You know, we've already heard Braun's music cut in. We've already heard Kane's music cut in. So I like the fact that they, they utilized Paul Heyman that way. So this, this was probably one of my more favorite segments of the night. Raj? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. I, did, I didn't find anything wrong with it. I feel like – I just think years of Heyman talking for Brock has gotten a little old. Like, I feel like he should say something here and there. He, he can talk. He's, he's done great promos in the past. Mm -hmm. So just always having him doing the full promo. Um, 
you just know it's you just know what's coming and, and that's what happened. Um, I thought um, I feel like Braun's lost a little steam the last few weeks. I, you know, I agree with you. I think Braun is kind of like the top, you know, monster guy. But I feel like he's he's lost a, a little steam since they've kind of turned him babyface. I don't know if you guys have noticed that or if that's just me. I feel like he's got good momentum. I like the the. I think he's got a good pop reaction. I mean, he's a unique kind of babyface. He's not going to be pandering to the crowd, but he's certainly more on the babyface side of the fence. But Raj, you say you're tired of Paul Heyman talking for Brock. Brock does good promos when they can rehearse them and script them and do those, you know, UFC type packages. When Brock has to talk live, it's not very good. I mean, think about when Brock came back in 2012 before they brought Heyman back with him. When Brock. No, no. Had the, you know, I mean, when Brock had that feud with Cena, it was abysmal when he opened his mouth. Right. No, I'm not saying he should do 15 minute segments, but when he's saying, uh, you know, I don't give an F I don't give a shit kids. about your kids. <laughs> you know, just a couple lines here and there to just, you know, get that final point across. But yeah, I agree. He shouldn't be doing these long scripted promos. But you know, when they do those short video packages, that's usually him. You know, like they just kind of tell him what, you know, kind of what direction he he just goes off, and he's great in those. So. Just having a couple sentences here and there, I, I think he can do it. They got to get their money's worth more. I mean, uh, I got to think, you know, it's currently 11.20 p.m. Eastern time as we record this. Brock's got to, his flight has to have landed. He should be at home by now. Uh, he was there so, such a brief appearance, I'm sure right out of the building after. You know, they need to get their money's worth a bit more than just have him come in the ring, do an F5, you know, and well, stand there. Yeah, I mean, they've got it in his contract. He's got a s- certain amount of matches he works and certain amount of raw appearances. And look, I mean, he has been in the hottest angles this year, I think. Uh, I mean, we can talk about this when we talk about, you know, we're going to talk about wrestler of the year later. But I think uh, Brock is um, Brock has been Brock and Braun have been the two hottest characters in WWE. When you really think about it, um, as far as making a difference with their segments and, and with their matches, I, I feel like Brock's matches have been the most anticipated and the most talked about this year. Well, I'm glad you figured too. Like, yeah, he was only on for a short time, but in WWE's eyes, they're getting money out of him because they mm. probably filmed a bunch of stuff with him to put together the compilation packages and, and the promos <laughs> backstage to use for the next few weeks. So, in WWE's mind, they got they got a lot knocked out. Yeah, he's not showing up again, for, you know. Yeah. So the go yeah. home show for the Rumble. <clears throat> yeah, Nat. No, he'll, he'll be on. He'll be on more in January. I, you know, Natalie thinks she likes Brock, just not as champion. I kind of agree with that. I, I feel like. Um, it, it, you know, just to get it on to Roman and, and having him beat Brock just seems like kind of a waste of a year uh, of, of that title and not having it defended at house shows and not having the occasional world title matches on Raw. So, you know, I agree with that. But I think Brock is such an interesting character that, you know, when his contract's up in April, I, I, I definitely hope that he ends up staying. But to, to your point, though, him being in these hot, uh, angles, do you think that's Brock specifically, or do you think it's the idea of Brock and the expectations that we place on the challenger of saying, okay, maybe AJ could win, maybe Samoa Joe could win, maybe Braun could win, and we're looking at what, you know, granted it takes two to tango in the ring, but it's about what, you know, they bring to the match and then what he reacts to that as opposed to being the driving force in the story. No, because uh, with that, with anyone else, it wouldn't work the same way. Yeah. And, and no one thought AJ was going to win. I or, <laughs> but. He, but you know what it's like, though? He's becoming like that final boss. He's becoming, 
you know, uh, oh, what was the guy's name at the end of Bloodsport? You know, he's becoming that guy like, oh, he's undefeated. He kills everyone in the ring, you know, and then we need that Frank Dukes-like character that's going to come in there and be the one to take him down. I think that's what we're all waiting for in these matches. Super Macho Man and Punch-Out and that kind of thing? Yes. You know, for me, for me with Brock, I've I've said this over and over. Like, I keep telling people, like, really enjoy when you watch Brock because – whether it's in April or whether it's in another year from now, whatever, whenever Brock's done uh, with, with pro wrestling, we're going to, I, th- I think we're going to miss him when he's gone. Oh yeah. He is just so unique. And, and the fact that he is booked uh, the closest to a real fight, which can present some issues and, and what have you. But I mean, it, it's just so fun to watch. I know that he, you know, his, his average match time for pay-per-views is less than 10 minutes, sometimes closer to five. But it, that's what makes it special and unique is he's one of the few people you can actually do that with. So, like, I look for like, yeah, I didn't think that he was going to – I didn't think that AJ Styles was going to win. But I just look forward to seeing Brock in any situation because it's like, you know, this is so unique. You can't book anybody else like him. And they probably never will have anybody else like him that will cross into the, the real fighting world with the success that he had. And yeah. then, like, if anybody else left WWE and went – like, if CM Punk all of a sudden – Became an MMA stud. It could CM- happen, man. Yeah, right. CM Punk's not coming back to to pro wrestling, right? At but least not WWE. Right. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll be doing the, the Cody Rhodes Young Bucks. <laughs> right. um, but the fact that Brock went to MMA, had such success, came back to WWE, we'll never see something like that again. Somebody that has real legitimacy. I mean – you know, so I don't. I I just enjoy watching Brock, and yeah, I mean, it might do some things to the title, but I think it gives an opportunity, and we kind of saw this a little bit in the, in the past few weeks that it lets them shine and highlight the Intercontinental Title, uh, despite Roman Reigns not being there. I I, I agree hundred percent. I think I think Brock and Braun this year have been the two most uniquely booked characters. Brock is always because Brock is one of those cases where less is more. If he was on every week, it wouldn't be as effective. It, it, you know, and sure. I think Braun would probably be like that too. Hmm. They just have this thing where they have to put, you know, you got a three-hour show, so you have to have them on every week. Broken Matt Hardy, same thing. Um, you know, I think it'll it'll wear itself out sooner than later if they have them on every week. But um, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Brock has been. He's when you really think about it, the stuff he did with Braun Strowman, the stuff he did with Samoa Joe, it was. I mean, it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the highlights in WWE of the year, and his match with AJ. And the numbers prove it. Every time he's on a show, especially when he's wrestling, the 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 the, the viewer there's, there's more social media buzz. Um, even though WWE doesn't release the network numbers, I'm sure more people are tuning in. Uh, live gates when he happens to do these random house shows are up. I mean, like he like regardless of people's uh, opinions of how he you know what he does or doesn't do to the title, he draws money. He draws. Yeah. Well, the Rumble Triple Threat. Kane eats the pin, right? We're all in agreement on that. We all thought Ziggler was eating the pin too, That's right? That's true. <laughs> hey, if Kane wins and Kane is the universal champion, I will be pleased as punch if that's the outcome of the Royal Rumble. 
If Kane wins? Yeah, if Kane wins. You really would be pleased this punch? One last big run What's the big in your, red machine. What's in your punch, plan? Uh, what, yeah. what, what are you drinking in your punch? All right, so I will I, not agree to disagree. That would just <laughs> just kill everything. Kill everything up to well, WrestleMania. That was the funniest part tonight when Kane was giving that speech about oh, you've defeated this person. You've defeated this person. You defeated my brother in destruction, the Undertaker. I wasn't thinking that Kane was going to say, but you haven't defeated me. Like, I'm going to win. I thought Kane was going to be like, you know, add my name to the list of the guy who, whose ass you've kicked, you know? <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. And that promo from Kane sucked. That was the only thing I didn't like about this opening segment is Kane is well way too uh, eloquent for a monster, you know? Yes. And uh, it just doesn't fit with what his character is supposed to be. But, um, you know, it sounded like corporate Kane. <laughs> but that would be the worst ending. I mean, it's, if they throw a swerve, it'd be Lesnar pinning Braun, which I can't see them doing. But, you know, Lesnar's winning. Well, for all the years that Kane was in hiding when he was a burned child, plotting his revenge to the Undertaker, <laughs> he sat around with Paul Bear reading the dictionary. So he, he's right. become a very, uh, you know, wordsman, wordsmith. You notice he didn't call Undertaker his brother, but his brother in, destruction. in destruction. Yeah, I wonder if there, you know, I, I don't know. <sighs> Undertaker interferes at the Rumble, and that's how Kane wins. I stand by. We're going to see. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be at Raw 25. I'm going to be in the Manhattan Center. I stand by that. I'm going to see Taker in the Manhattan Center. And I think I'm standing by. It's Taker and Braun for WrestleMania. The, tonight was the. I, I'm standing by that. Could happen. Braun needs, Braun needs a big match. And if he's not going to be in the title match, there's only two options. But for didn't, they, didn't they already put the uh, wheels in motion with Triple H? Triple H for yeah. what? Oh, for I mean, there was that segment. They haven't referenced it since, though. Well, Triple that they always come back to that with Triple H because no, Triple H then stays off of TV until football season's over. I, I think and then they start the build. I think Triple H and Angle. Um, I, I think Braun. I think Braun has two options just based upon what we think we know with the dominoes. It's either Braun versus Cena, or it's Braun versus Taker. Braun needs a marquee match, and Cena needs a marquee match, and Taker needs a marquee match. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see Taker, um, except Taker would take the loss. I can't see them having Taker beat Braun. Would would they do that? I don't know. Why not? Um, I mean, I, I mean, again, I you know, you're going back to New Orleans where Taker lost the streak, and you know, Braun simply says, you know, last time you were in New Orleans, you know, your streak was broken. Well, I'm 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 gonna break your career. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know. I think it's just who again, Cena or Taker. Those those are the only two. If if Braun's not in the title picture, those are the only two worthy. Uh, I, just, I just think if they're going to do Braun and Cena, they wouldn't have wasted it on Raw already if that was in their their plans. Because remember, they did that match on Raw. Yeah, right. They <laughs> teased Braun and Triple H at Survivor Series. Uh, I mean, that's clear. And the next night, it's clear that they planted those seeds for a reason. Maybe. So then if that happens, then you figure, okay, they hold Mania out for Angle and Jason Jordan. Because Kurt Angle's having a match. So we know that's what spell. I think. Well, that this is what we talked about recently was uh i think they're gonna do triple h and kurt angle at the royal rumble and jason jordan cost kurt angle the match or does some turns on kurt angle that goes to jason jordan and kurt angle at mania and then you have braun and triple h at mania is, is kind of where it, what i think they're going um but you know if undertaker comes back and man in his shoes that huge payday for one night of work i mean i i, I don't disagree with you i could totally see it but I'm, I feel like if he's doing uh, – if he decides he wants to do his last match, they need to advertise it as a retirement match like, or, or as like 
if he loses, he retires or something like that. Um, I've been preaching for three years, a better part of three years. I, I agree. You can't make money off what you don't know. So if you tell, if you put the hint in the stipulation that this is it, that just makes people, you know, that makes it that much more valuable. I've long since said, you know, we've never got the taker Cena. All right. We've never got that one. And I've always said that, you know, because Cena's at the age he's at and he's so involved in Hollywood and everything else, you could literally have a John Cena versus Undertaker where it becomes the loser is done. And you legit would go, okay, I'm not quite sure who loses here. Mm. Right. Yeah, I, I totally. I, I think that would be the way to go because th- that would be fascinating because you know both of them are almost gone anyway. So, you know, all of a sudden it throws that that ranch on who's going to win. So I think Braun versus Taker, make it a casket match. They haven't done one of those in a while. What a way for Taker to go out. I think, uh, and, and you know, Taker, I think he'd stick to that retirement clause if they did it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's like Shawn no. Michaels has really been the only one to stick with it. Yeah. Cause they tried hard to get Shawn. I know for a fact, they tried hard for Shawn to come out last year in San Antonio for rumble. Yeah. I know, I know prior to that, they tried, to get him to do Daniel Bryan. Right. And and so if, if yeah, I could see that you're right. Taker would be the other one who would hold hold steadfast that okay, if you said I'm retired, I'm retired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um tonight, first match of the night, Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins. Interference by Jason Jordan turned into Seth Rollins versus Jason Jordan. Uh just complete chaos. Chaos, man. Setting up a match for later in the evening with the two teaming together with Dean Ambrose against uh, Joe Barr. And uh, let's, let's just talk about the storyline. Okay. So Raj, what you're talking about going Jordan versus angle and mania. Can they milk Jason Jordan being just, I mean, I was gonna uh, just say an insufferable word. I shouldn't say, but uh, you know what I mean? Oh, but yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, can they really milk Jason Jordan with this character without the audience just becoming, I mean, at worst indifferent to it? Oh, it's, I think it's working already. Like yeah. it, I felt like there was silence before and now you're getting the loud booze. So it's, I feel like it's working. And um, I think Jason Jordan in the ring is awesome. Like sure. you saw it tonight, you've been seeing it week after week. It's been kind of a quiet thing. No one wants to say they like Jason Jordan. But he is really good in the ring, and he has that potential. Like Kurt Angle said in an interview that he thinks he's as good as AJ Styles. I don't think he's anywhere near there yet, but he's. I think he will be there. He has all the tools. Um, he's awesome in the ring. His mic skills are not there, and I don't know if they ever will be. But um, with this character and this storyline, it might end up working to their favor because fans have it in them to hate him. And... Uh, I think him and Angle, you know, unless you did like Angle versus AJ Styles or something like that, I think that Jason Jordan and Angle could have a hell of a match. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're five weeks away from Raw 25, which is to go home to Rumble. They can certainly keep doing the same formula for the next five weeks and, and get closer and closer to the, the hints that, you know, more dissension between Jordan and Kurt. Um and then, yeah, once Jordan has that turn, whether it's at Rumble or, or shortly thereafter, then you use the rest of the road to Mania to build him up, let him get wins, let him mock Kurt, let him do things, you know, let him let him start wearing things that Kurt wear. I mean, you know, war, you know, just completely, you know, poke the bear. Um, 
and to what Raj is saying, I, I agree. You know, he's a, he's very good in the ring. He's not AJ Styles, but he's very, very good. Uh, people like to hate him. Mike Skill's not there yet. He he has very he it's it's if you actually look at his timeline of things that he's done, um maybe I should put this in writing for Wrestling Inc. for a column. There's actually a lot of parallels to uh ninety six, ninety seven Rocky might be. Yeah. And um and I think when that turn does happen, it needs to be violent. Like you, you want to make that stick. Like yeah. you, you have it be one of those rare occasions where you use blood. Yeah. But Jason Jordan just, you know, kicks the crap out of Kurt Angle. Keep Kurt Angle off of TV for a month or whatever. Come back, and then you got that Mania match, and it'll mean so much more. Yeah. Well, tonight, ball is rolling to that turning point. Uh, Seth Rollins won that first match. Great match. The best, I mean, really good. Yeah, really best match on the show, I thought. Yeah. Um, After that, teased a lot of stuff that was going to happen later in the night, including sitting with the match with Samoa Joe in the bar versus Rollins, Ambrose, and Jordan. Got a promo from Bray, a little singing in that promo, teasing uh, or further uh, building up his feud with Woken Matt Hardy, which we know now. Raj, do you think the 205 Live events are going to be where we first see these guys wrestle, or will they be on TV next week, finally battling it out in the ring? I, I, I definitely don't think they'll have it on TV any time this year. So I guess wow. uh, that's one more raw. <laughs> um, I, I think I think they they could save it for the Rumble. I mean, they, there's still a lot of time, but. I don't know. I did to me it just and and again I did, I didn't know I'd be filling in for Matt until towards the end. So when Bray talked, I kind of tuned out. And when I think when most people Matt tune out, Hardy, when even talks. when Matt Hardy was doing his stuff, I, I kind of found myself kind of not paying attention. Um, I just feel like the this woken thing. There's some there's something missing from it. At least and, it wasn't intercut this week. I think yeah. it was smart to separate them. I, I just think not having one person play that straight man is is hurting it and. Uh, it's it's wacky. I think anyone that d- is not familiar with the broken stuff and is watching this just would think it was just completely stupid. And um, yeah, Bray Bray, it's the same stuff he's been doing forever. So he yeah. he acts well, but we've been seeing the same thing week after week after week, and it's it's just tired. Justin, what did you think of his uh, rhythmic word salad tonight of a promo? Yeah, I was fine with it, and I, I do like the fact they separated it, like you said, Glenn. Uh, I do think uh, I can tell you that you know you will see them um, headlining, or, or at least as a special attraction to the two hundred five live live events, mm-hmm. the house shows. Uh, that I can tell you for a fact that is because the ticket sales aren't where they wanted to be. Um, I think they will hold. I think I'll make this call now, and everybody can. I, I think you will first see the the first blow off of the two of them. Uh, will be at the Raw 25. I think that's where this is going to go. This is not going to be something I think they're going to give. I think Rumble is going to have enough of the two Rumble matches, plus a Universal title match. You figure a WWE Championship match. They're not going to put in Rumble. They're going to use this as, hey, we need you know we need ab- we need things to add. you know they're going to make Rumble 25 like they did uh, Raw 1000. They're going to say, okay, you're going to see these great names, but they're going to obviously leave the format and some things to surprise. They need things to advertise to the New York crowd. This is going to be one of the things that I going to advertise. It's going to is seeing the the payoff in the ring of these two guys. You know, Matt Hardy's going to have new music. You know, he's not going to come out obviously the Hardy Boy music. So we're going to see the presentation of Matt Hardy in front of the live crowd. Uh, maybe not for the first time, but 
you know, it, that, that, that's where the payoff's going to be right there, I think, is Raw 25. They'll work it out house show-wise for 205 Live, get their timing right, uh, feel that out. But I think you'll get the best presentation at Raw 25. But you don't think it, that's it. When, when do they ever do a, a one-and-done feud in WWE? Well, but you figure... So I can see that. I agree with you. I can see them wrestling there. But, you know, with the Rumble, I agree, it's probably not enough to fit on the main card. But we're, we're talking about a four-hour Rumble, two-hour kickoff. So there's a lot of time that they could, <laughs> you know, throw that match in there. Well, Maybe well, they, hey, whose compound do they do it at, though? That's what I want to know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Lions are the hardest. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They, they could, if, if, you know, depending on what they forecast for Matt, for, for Woken Matt, for Matt Hardy, yeah, they could certainly take it beyond Raw 25 and do things, you know, Road to Mania. They have a February pay-per-view. I mean, they could certainly, you know, they could do other things, compound, what have you. <laughs> they, they really could. They, they, probably, they probably will. How long till the boat shows up? I mean, you know, do they get the rights to that as well? I don't think they'd go that far, but um, yeah, I don't know. This but yeah, I think Raw yeah. Twenty Five. They're definitely going to stack that show. Oh yeah. But but when they when they stacked, uh, what was it? Raw? What was that? Was 1, it 000. Raw Fifteen or One Thousand? One Thousand. They didn't stack it with big matches. They stacked it with a lot of appearances. That's yeah. what I mean. I, I was in St. Louis for all on Raw One Thousand, and that's what it was. There was no one of the only things that was advertised for Raw One Thousand, if I draw my memory correctly. Was at the time um, they were doing the thing with AJ Lee was getting ready to marry right Daniel Bryan. It was a Bryan, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and Vince came out like so. You know, they they I expect the same thing here, especially because they're going to be alternating between the two venues uh, throughout the three hours, um, which is a, a funny challenge I'm hearing as is. So it's gonna. It, so yeah, it's gonna be. A whole, it's gonna be a lot of vagueness. It's gonna be tune in. It's gonna be really cool. You're gonna see X, Y, and Z. They're gonna need something like this to advertise, and I think this will be what they advertise. And you're gonna be at the Manhattan Center, right? I will I'll be one of the uh, 1,200 people there. I'm thinking. Wow. I'm thinking about making that trip out. That well, uh, if anybody needs tickets, use the code LabarFan and get 15% <laughs> off on TicketKingOnline.com. Plug. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yes, we shall see. Two-on-one handicap match tonight. Finn Balor versus The Miz Taraj. Now, The Miz is done shooting his scenes in the Marine Six. Not back tonight. However, Hideo Itami, the newest addition to 205 Live, shows up, helps, saves Finn from a savage beatdown at the hands of The Miz Taraj, and it turns into a tag team match with Itami and Finn Balor getting the win. Raj, is this one step closer? I mean, this is Finn in a match (laughs) with someone from 205 Live now. Look, if the Miz doesn't come back and get in a feud with Finn Balor, it's just the writing's on the wall. That's where it's clearly headed, is the Miz feuding with Finn Balor. Thank God. You know, he's been with the Miz Taraj. <laughs> they, they haven't dropped, you know, Finn Balor so far down the car that they're going to move him to 205 Live. Um, you know, remember Neville, they were doing nothing with him. Like, yeah. he wasn't on pay-per-views. He barely made kickoff shows, so... Uh, Again, if they did that with Finn, it'd be a huge waste of money. It'd be career suicide. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't see them doing it and, unless they've lost all faith in him. Yeah. What are you hearing, Justin? I Finn posting I... all these over memes that he's really making happen, but what do you hear? What's the scoop? Well, I don't know if they'll move them to 205 Live. I mean, it, you know, I, I am a believer. Once you move somebody there, you, it's hard to go back. Because, again, you, you're the, it's the only weight class 
in this predetermined athletic competition. So you're telling people that these guys are inferior. Um, uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what this means. I, I think, again, I think we've talked about it in previous weeks. I think he's doomed by the success of the demon gimmick. It makes then just regular old Finn Balor, the weird guy, pop in his collar as he walks out. Um, I, did, I did imagine when I saw Hideo Itami do the GTS, I did imagine uh, Triple H or somebody telling Vince at like uh, a 1 o'clock production meeting, you know, this is the guy that created the GTS, Punk, CM Punk's finishing move, and Vince finding some pleasure of, let's put him out there. I don't know. <laughs> did Hideo Tommy did he look a little off tonight? I, I don't know if it was just working with the Mistourage or whatever, but uh, he, I don't know. He, did, he didn't look like, uh, I don't know. He didn't look like anything special, like that, some, someone you'd uh, invest in. And keep in mind, speaking of investment, this is the guy that they sent Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart to Japan to do a contract sign in the middle of Japan on a show <laughs> to, right, uh, yeah. to announce that they're bringing him here. And my, how the years have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Hideo was great in the ring. I mean, I think the problem was that he joined NXT at a time when, I mean, it just, you know, and then he was out for a while. But I think that, you know, he, he looked... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. He looked a little out of shape. Oh, I thought maybe. Um, I thought his ring work was was all right. I mean, it was against the Miztourage, so I could only get so engaged with this match. Um, this 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 show seemed like a lot of stalling. Like this went on forever. The the Seth and Jason Jordan. I mean, with this match, we were already like almost halfway through the show. Right, we we're almost at the hour and a half point. After this like match it. was over, yeah, it just well think about like, the, think about the guys that did double duty. Seth pulled double duty. They, yeah, like, yeah. Where was, like, where was Roman tonight? Did we? Ro- Roman has the week off, so huh. um, must be nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, 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 when you're the big dog, when you're the intercontinental champion, uh, everyone gets time off. I mean, he's got a crazy schedule, so I, you can't fault him for that. Yeah, he's got twins that you know he had last year, and um, you know he's. And another daughter, so he's a rec- he's a recovering he's a recovering mumps victim. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, and he's a mump. Mom- he's a mumps survivor. Thank you. Survivor. He could he couldn't spend time with his kids during that time with the mumps. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, like when he's missing, it it's a it's a big deal. But you know, there's so many weeks where certain people aren't on the show. When yep. Slater, when Slater and Rhino get a prepared TV match, then you know they're, uh, they're, they're <laughs> the, the death charts running thin. I like both. I like both of those guys. I no, I, 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 hey, I love friend him. of the podcast, Heath Slater. You know, always no. thumbs up in our book. Um, hey, Rhino was on back in the back yeah. in the day too. Hey, so. you no, know, they got a match in a segment. We'll talk about that. Uh, Rhino's course. a former Justin Labar guy. He's a See, former, there you go. Former client of mine on the indie on the independent circuit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, number one contenders match. For the cruiserweight championship, Drew Gulak versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, Cedric won. Gulak lost. Build up to this was a lot more interesting, I thought, than the match itself. I liked the stuff with Enzo and Gulak backstage. What's up with Enzo? I tweeted this. He like he looks like he's slowly morphing into Captain Lou Albano. Like his look is just getting weirder. That's awesome. He stays fresh. He doesn't wear the same thing every week. I I dig it. Yeah, it just it was a little weird time. And he was on commentary. I thought that was a nice touch. That's the best guest commentary I think I've heard on 
WWE in a long time. Could you just? I was gonna say that was the highlight of here. It was not the match, but the comedy. Could you just sense Michael Cole's frustration <laughs> trying to keep? You know, because you know, the, you know, we all know the commentators have the rules. You can let the banter go on between the color people and what have you and the guests, but like you know, you still need to call it the high spots. Still need to like acknowledge the pinfalls. <laughs> and, and Cole's trying to do that. And you have Enzo who doesn't shut up. Graves who is so happy to have an open mic to slam Enzo. Then then Booker T is just talking nonsense about who knows what. Booker sounded like he wanted to go party with Enzo after the show. He was like, hey, man, this is my kind of guy. I think he was doing it just to aggravate Graves. Booker, <laughs> it could have been. There is some definite real tension there. Yeah. Enzo, <laughs> hey, man, you know, thank God for him or 205 Live and the cruiserweights would be uh, – dead on arrival at this point um yeah yeah so we got the segment afterwards with enzo and naya you think that's happening for this uh mixed match facebook tournament i think that's gonna be the pairing and that's what this is building to with them is enzo in it is he i thought he was i didn't think he was in it they've been like pushing on social media naya and braun you could kind of tell they're like pushing these certain pairings on social media like who they want people to vote for Oh, today, oh, my God, Becky and saying she wants to pair with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn being like, hell yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're doing like Asuka and, and I think Goldust and some other random ones. Did you, see oh, Be- kind of, it's, did, you, did you see Becky and Liv Morgan going at it today? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Becky burned her something fierce on, the, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it, this was one of those things that it didn't seem like they were just working an angle. It seemed like Liv was <laughs> legitimately as upset that Becky posted that tweet and then tried to throw in a little burn, and then Becky was just savage with her response. Yeah, Enzo and Nia both in mixed match. So, so for those of you yeah. who don't know what we're talking about, it's on the site. The, the title of the article is Becky Lynch Rips New SmackDown Stars Wrestling Skills. And uh, so WWE posted this video of the Riot Squad walking in and uh, they put the caption, the X Factors just walked in. Becky Lynch replied, and all the fans just walked out. <laughs> Liv said, and every time you scream straight fire, we all cringe on the inside, which. Well, it's, it's, a little, it's a little forced. <laughs> I say that the biggest Becky fan on the panel. Yeah, um, and then Becky replied. She posted this video of Liv delivering this horrendous elbow, I think, accidentally to Sarah Logan, and wrote, "And every time you wrestle, in quotes, we all cringe on the outside." <laughs> so, hey, that's a feud. I the mean, the fact that she used the word "wrestle" would make me think that it's a shoot. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought Liv. Uh, I know we didn't really talk about this in the Rat Squad. I thought Liv last night, the way she changed her appearance. Looked like the biggest star of the Riot Squad last night out there, but uh, it's I not saying much. I, I think, she, yeah, yeah. But the Rumble, you know, the women are going to get a chance. I think, which is good given the depth of the, the division right now. Um, speaking of which, Oscar versus Alicia Fox. It's more of a match. They've given Alicia more offense in these matches than you would think for something that's happened so many times. Um, and I got to call it out. I know it's, it's the thing that Northern light suplex again tonight is a thing of beauty. She hit that perfectly high point of the match. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's her, that should be her finisher because she really executes that move so well. What, um, is, yeah. what, what is her finisher? I have no idea. I don't think she has one. Does she? <laughs> has she ever won a match? She no, wait, a, she did. Well, she, she does. Did. A, I know she does a Booker T like scissors kick. Yeah, I think that used to be. She was women's champ for a while, or whatever the the women's championship was called back then, because they had the divas championship and the women's championship. So she had one of those when they had both. Hmm. But um, yeah. Oscar won. If anyone's wondering how that turned out, could you imagine? Like, if they just decided, no, well, he's just going to break the streak. Let's swerve everyone here. <laughs> who do you think it's going to be? I, I, I almost put this up as a Twitter poll. Um, who do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be Paige, Charlotte, Nia, Ronda Rousey, perhaps? Winning the Rumble? No, no, that, that breaks Asuka's streak. If you had to predict right now of the women's roster or Rousey as if, a potential. Uh, go ahead, Justin. I say Rousey. I think Asuka wins the Rumble. I think she wins whatever, whichever title she challenges for at Mania. And I, and I think, um, I think eventually, I, it just, I don't know. I, the way they're building Asuka, I mean, they, 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 they're, they're, they're sticking to it. I mean, hell, they didn't even have her, they didn't even, they didn't even have her do what is in tradition, which is you drop the title when you're leaving a territory, AKA she's leaving NXT. <laughs> they just like let her vacate the title basically to keep the undefeated streak. Has stuck to it. She, you know, it's, she's very technical the way they have her doing the submissions and everything. So I don't know. I mean, I know people want to say Charlotte, and Charlotte's probably the next, um, you know, safest gamble. But I, you know, I, I think Triple H is working all of us in the interview he did with whoever it was. I'm sorry, I'm not crediting them, but whoever it was, where he said, you know, oh, this whole Rousey stuff is news to me. I right. think he's. I, I think he he did the same thing on the conference call with the media. He worked all of us three days before Samoa Joe showed up in NXT. Somebody asked about Samoa Joe, and he's like, "We had asked, was, we had asked on like, you guys, yeah. he, he was like, "Who is this Samoa Joe you speak of?" <laughs> <laughs> and three days later, Joe shows up. So of course he's going to kayfabe. So I, I think that uh, I don't. Know, I think Rousey would be, even though Rousey might be a more attractive box office to a Charlotte Flair or a Stephanie McMahon. I think if you're gonna have anybody break Oscar's streak, I, like I think Oscar could challenge uh, Bliss or whoever the champion is at Mania. You could also have Rousey in the separate grudge match against a uh, Steph, and eventually an Oscar and Rousey crossing paths could happen. Whether I don't know if you can drag that to SummerSlam, it might be a little bit long, but I, I just I think Rousey would be a thing that you could do. Well, Rousey, she's pretty much lost her movie roles. She's not doing UFC, I and mean, what else is she doing? So. You know, I don't think this is a one and done. I think she, she she was hosting Battle of the Network Stars on ABC over the summer. Ah, there you go. Whatever, whatever happened to her doing the remake of Roadhouse? They, I know they shelved that. Yeah. So she was the high point of the Entourage movie. I think you know, her and Roadhouse. I how the skinny turtle got that was that was something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I could see this going on, and I I. I don't know. I just think, I can't see Stephanie McMahon not helping herself to being involved in that match and, and doing something, you know. So I don't know Stephanie if it's a singles match or a mixed tag match. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I think that Rousey's next match after Mania will be with someone that will actually benefit. And, uh, you know, the one at Mania would probably be Stephanie. But I hope I'm wrong because I think Asuka and Rousey would be a very cool WrestleMania match. 
So oh, back, yeah. so back to our WrestleMania fantasy card as we started the show with. As we're trying to figure out who goes with who with Braun. Somebody, you know, you just said mixed. <laughs> what if it's Steph and Triple H versus a Rousey and I don't know if they could pull the Rock back in, but if Rousey and another man, Rousey and Kurt Angle, I don't know. Well, they could do that. I mean, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I mean, they could do that for sure. If they, if they, if they want to protect Rousey, who obviously is, you know, extremely limited, and you know, I know she's training right now, but obviously she's extremely limited in her pro wrestling match abilities. If they wanted to be able to hide her, a mixed tag would be a way to go. Because that's not like, you know, it's one thing if you put Rousey in a mania match with a Charlotte or an Asuka, somebody who's like, could carry her. But you put her in a match with Stephanie. It's not like Stephanie can, like, you know, is this ring general who can carry her? So you'd have to do a mixed match at that point, then just to just to protect everybody. Right. Does the o- obviously the big the big rumor had always been the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. But you got two horsewomen that people don't even know their names. I mean, honestly, Shayna Baszler. Most most people don't really know her. So it kind of diminishes Rousey's star power, I think, by putting her in. In you know in a in yeah. an eight woman tag match, so yeah. I think to maximize that you you want to put her in a one on one or a tag team match with with someone that's a big star. And how ridiculous does that make the 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 WWE horsewomen, the Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and Bailey? How ridiculous does that make them look if they had these four <laughs> others <laughs> who are you know green as goat shit and are in there challenging them? You know what I mean? It's just yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe in two years from now, if anybody still cares. But all right, so let me ask you guys this: Who are the other two horsewomen of MMA? Pestilence. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I yeah, I, don't, I bet you most people. Yeah, I bet you almost everyone would not know that. So one of them, them could, in a featured WrestleMania match. It's, one of one of them could be sitting next to me, giving me a back massage. I wouldn't know the four horsewomen. I wouldn't know. Oh, Marina Schaefer, she's married to um, Roderick Strong. And then Jessamine Duke, she she had a cup of coffee at the UFC. But, yeah, so those are the other two. But no one knows that. So I, I just don't see – I don't see them doing that. Yeah. Um, although, then you do that. Maybe you do Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. I don't know what you do on the SmackDown side. I don't think – they're not going to – I bet you they will not do a one-on – a one on a singles match with Alexa Bliss. Mm. She has been pushed to the side so much since they started the weird. Yeah, the whole page angle that uh you forget that she's a champ. Yeah. You know, it's just a complete afterthought right now. Oh man. It's a weird time. And with this rumble, did she was she in the the locker room coming out at the end? Yeah, she Alexa? came out. Okay. She's small, so it is hard to notice her. Well, and she and she, I know we'll get to this. She's standing there and she's helping celebrate with this announcement, but yeah, it's like, well, she shouldn't be in the Rumble because she's a champion and she's a title holder, so it doesn't matter anyway. It's like, I think, I think what happened is I think literally they had some direction for the women's uh, booking, and then as soon as they had both of those trios simultaneously debut, I said it on the spot, Glenn, it was me, you, and, and, mm-hmm. and Matt. It was me and Matt because Matt even questioned me. He's like, is that like a legit thing? I said, I believe the only reason they're doing these two trios now after after Survivor Series is they just need to add warm bodies to add to the depth so they can fill out a, hey, here's enough girls that you've seen on TV to put into a Rumble match. And that's this is what's happened. 
So we think it's going to be 15 or 20? I think I, per my column on Wrestling Inc., which people can go check out, I think 20 because if you go through WWE's roster right now of people who are active, take away Charlotte, take away Alexa, and they still have both Bellas listed as active, even then you're looking at like 18 or 18 or 19, I think there. So like for them to do 30, they would have to then pull enough throwback surprises, Trish's, Lita's, whatever, have to then implement some NXT girls and or even pull from the Indies in the May Young Classic. I just don't, that might be a bit of a stretch. So I I could see 20 um, if they use everybody that we know of. And that, that includes... Uh, the uh, impeccable Dana Brooks of the world and stuff. Yeah, and maybe they have Kerry Sane come up. Uh, yeah, maybe Lita comes yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think when you got a thirty-man, you know, thirty-man Royal Rumble, and I mean, two Royal Rumbles is almost overkill. Um, eh. But they had too many in the you, banks. That's why I think. Yeah, but even that felt like overkill. The shows where you had one, I felt like it was way more effective. The crowd heat was the hottest. By the time you got to the second, it uh, it just wasn't the same. So, Can't wait for that dual elimination chamber match on that pay per view. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm. I mean, I almost think you do fifteen, like, uh, and that way, that's a half an hour still at least, and and you know, and then you. you I don't think Charlotte and Alexa should should be in it. I think should have no. the same step that the winner gets a title shot. Yeah, no, it's completely illogical if Charlotte and Alexa are in it. No. Yeah, makes no sense. Um, but it'll be interesting. Glad they announced it. I think it'll be. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Good. Except for the except for the con, except for the contrived yes chant. Yeah, that was uh, a little weird. We'll, we'll me... get to that. But the the whole right. yeah the whole segment drives me nuts with Stephanie standing there and everyone backs off like they got in trouble at school. <laughs> And no trademark 2018 or 2017 at the end. For all we know, Raw's still going on. How do I know Raw's over without that graphic? You actually noticed that? Jesus. That's how I I know it's time to do the podcast. That's where I'm like, it's over. (laughs) Like, I look for that. That's my sign. Um, I lost my I lost my faith in that when uh, Triple H started using that as a a swerve in NXT when they put that up and then they'd have an angle take place after when 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 Gargano and Chapa would be fighting or something. That's on the network, man. You know, FCC's got regulations at least for a little while longer. Um, Samojo in the bar versus Jason Jordan, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. Barn burner of a match. This went on a really long time. Uh, the bar and Samojo won. Jason Jordan continued to make no friends with this. And uh, it's a work now that Ambrose hurt his arm. And then they had joe attacking him backstage with that they did a good job with that injury because it it almost looked real with just how abruptly that finish came after that um yeah um but yeah they 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 had them get destroyed something something fierce i think they're building for the shield against the bar and and samoa joe at the royal rumble i mean that's the plan you know that's what they're doing at all the live events but uh it's clear they want to you know, get the heat on, on Samoa Joe and Seamus and Cesaro and then Roman Reigns. I don't know if he'll be back next week. I think he is, but uh, yeah. And do a big angle, but yeah. Do they put all the belts on the line for the three on three match at the rumble? I don't know about that. I mean, I I, I, I thought it was well done the injury angle because um, 
Yeah, they don't. They they really actually don't often use the ringside doctor. They usually don't use that as a work. So um, the fact that they did use them, it did kind of come off as real, and the timing and everything looked looked like it was off purposely to um, create the illusion that the, okay something's going wrong. Yeah, uh, until the backstage attack. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of think I after I saw the backstage attack and I saw the the attack again, I'm like, okay, the injury is obviously part of of the deal here. I think it might be leading. You know, we all. At least I do. Kind of figured Dean's going to be one that turns heel eventually. When the shield's going to break up, it's going to be Dean this time that turns. So I kind of think this might be setting that up uh, in some 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 way. Maybe. Um, after that, so the Matt can promo. <laughs> Matt Hardy playing chess with the goldfish. Everybody, if you missed out on Raw tonight, that actually happened. Broken Nemo. Yes. We were talking about this uh, before we got on the air. With, with Matt Morgan, who unfortunately missed watching Rod and I coming on. We said, so one week, I want to have Matt, or I want to have a guest, maybe one of our regulars, doesn't watch Raw that week. And we just tell them four things that happen on Raw, but three of them are completely made up. And they have to guess which thing actually happened. Because if I said to you, Matt Hardy played chess with a goldfish tonight while he cut a promo, you might think, oh, Glenn's just talking crazy. But no, that actually happened. Wasn't the goldfish's name actually Napoleon? <laughs> he did refer to him as that, I believe. Napoleon. Yes. Talked about the size of his uh, was it the size of his vessel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a goldfish once, but died very short lived. We've we've had a couple that met the same fate. <laughs> They're not meant to live long lives, but um. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't doesn't make it any better when they die. <laughs> they're not long yeah. for this world. Yeah. They're not like flies with the seventy-two hour. You, you don't go in. Hope you know, <laughs> hoping Rush, to get an emotional my, attachment to your goldfish. Tell my daughter that. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell my daughter that when you know when 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 little little Ferdinand or whatever the hell she named it dies. <laughs> you don't even remember hey, the name. Ferdinand, oh. Ferdinand's a solid name for That's a, a bull. That's a bull. Whatever. Yeah. 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 What was with the sign tonight? That that I want to say like that was did, like DreamWorks pay money for the guy there? Took me a second to figure out what the hell he was talking about. Ferdinand greater than Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I yeah. I, um. Yeah, man. I thought this was, uh, I think this is, I, I said this on the Wednesday podcast. I think this stuff is cringeworthy. I, it's not working for me. And I, I was a big fan of the broken gimmick in, in TNA. Um, I, I just felt like it's lost all its rawness and its organic feel. And it just feels like, uh, and I'm, I, you know, I love Matt Hardy and I, I've been pushing for them to bring it back and give him creative control. But it's overproduced. It just doesn't fit. Something's missing. And it's just, I just find these segments to be kind of embarrassing. I said it. Yeah. I know I, I get a lot of hate for it, but it was better. I think this if you week. watch it with an objective eye, yeah, I thought, yes, it was a hundred, it was way better this week than last week, but it's still, I mean, the crowd, I mean, the crowd reaction I thought was, was pretty tepid. I mean, yeah. they chanted delete, but that was about it. Yep. Come on, what do you guys think? You know, let's let's not agree to disagree here. No, I'm not. I think it's <laughs> it's tricky, right? Because you do something that's beloved on Impact, where Matt Hardy had complete creative control, 
and him and Jeff really got to make this their own, this DIY production. And part of the charm of it was the DIY quality. And so now here you have them trying to do that in the world's largest sports entertainment company. I'm sure there's creative giving their notes. They're trying to dress it up. And it's against Bray Wyatt, a character that is irrelevant at this point. Just And I'm saying that based not no disrespect to Bray, how they've booked him in all of his feuds and all of his matches. Yes, he had the tag titles and the title at the start of this year. But to have him with Bray does not bring a sense of gravitas to uh, the level that Matt Hardy is, is at in the WWE. Well, I can tell you that Matt, everything that Matt has done in the Woken promos, it's been, what, I guess three weeks now? Um, everything he's got to say, it's has, has been his final approval. Like they've given him the format and said, "Well, this is what we're going to kind of have Bray say. This is like this is like this is how the back and forth is going to go in the editing." But he's got to write the language. So so far, he's had the creative control. It you know, it's weird because Bray's the perfect opponent, but he's not the perfect opponent. Uh, there's the sense that Bray's lost a lot of credibility with us because of you know how he's been booked and there's just, just everything's so empty. He says all these riddles. He's got a great presentation, but then the matches happen and just he's a good worker, but just nothing's came out of it, right? But on the other on the other side of it, he's kind of the perfect person to put up against this weird character because you know I think Raj, I think you said it way earlier in this podcast, or maybe you said it before we even started recording. I don't remember. I'm sorry. But you said something about, like, there's not a straight person in this. And I actually think that that's kind of the magic of it. I think it's kind of nicey of these two weird beings. And I think at least for the education to the audience who's not familiar with the Woken slash Broken Matt, you need to have it be two weirdos. Plus, when Broken Matt was at its height in TNA, people dream fantasize. Oh, what would be great if he came back to the movie and followed the Wyatt family, you know, because of the, the supernatural factor and the weird factor and, you know, Hardy compound, Wyatt compound. So... I, I think Bray's the right guy to go up against this. Matt's got the creative control. So I think it's just a matter of – I think a lot of what they're doing right now is kind of – again, it's just to educate. It's just to educate the people that aren't familiar with it, and that might be where the hang-up is, where it's like we need to see Matt in front of the live audience. We need to see the music. We need to see the ring attire. But they're going to slow burn until we get that because they really want to make sure they get everybody invested or at least attempt to. And per tweet by the CFO, it looks like we're going to be getting some woken music. Right soon. Um, yes. I think the problem is the style of promo. I'm going to look right in the camera and I'm going to do my thing. And it's not the typical 80s style, you know, at Royal Rumble, you're going down, brother. Instead, they're doing these esoteric ideas. It reminds me um, of how we saw it die with Goldust and R-Truth when they did that a couple months ago of let's just let them do these, these monologues that aren't even that. Monologue is the wrong word. I think a monologue is a personal statement that is telling you where the guy is coming from, what their motivation is, and what their plans are. I think the monologue can actually be one of the most moving things in professional wrestling. But when you have them doing these character pieces to the camera, and that's where the Goldust R-Truth thing just, just died an uncomfortable death. Whoa. Because it was performance art. And I don't think that works as well in professional wrestling. Well, Glenn, I hear what you're saying, but you know, on the flip side... The flip side is what I know I, and I think a lot of people critique heavily about WWE, is the, please welcome my guest at this time. Yeah. And, and that, that, that horribly forced, pre-produced stuff they do. So, to me, this, this just feels like a breath of fresh air that we can just have these guys not need some, some 
journalist standing there. Oh, they don't need, I'm not saying that, but why not have him produce something that's more akin to what he was doing in Impact? Why not have well, him produce? As I say to you, I think that they're yeah. going to build. I think they're going to build it to this uh, till Raw 25. So you got five weeks. So they they might. Yeah. Be, it started with the back and forth laughing and blah blah blah. Now we've moved to we separated the promos. One is singing. One's playing chess with a goldfish. So I think as the five weeks go, we might start seeing them on location. So I, I think let's just watch and see where it goes. I just think you know my point with having the straight man. Like like let's say you had a heel Seth Rollins, right? Uh, feuding with this Matt Hardy slowly going insane. You could have him kind of bringing out that Matt Hardy's losing his mind and going nuts and telling the fans that be like, I don't, you know, like you're losing it. You're, you know, you're, you're freaking losing your mind as opposed to these two guys that are trying to out weird each other. And it just comes across as unrealistic. And part of the broken stuff was the, 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 the corniness that it was so corny that it was cool. And with Bray, um, you just don't have that. I, I just think this is going to die a slow death, personally. And I, I feel like it's all, you're already kind of seeing it. And I know there's been so many times in the past people are like, well, we'll just wait to see what they do with it. Wait <laughs> to see what they do with it. And you just see week after week, it's worse and worse and worse until it dies a slow death. Weird also that he's doing the, we've been battling since the dawn of time with you and your companion, Sister Abigail. It's just kind of like, okay. Like you're either new or you're familiar. Can't have it both ways. Yeah, it's just WWE is they're they're vincifying broken Matt. And you know what? Honestly, I felt like it was getting a little uh, old in the tooth at the end of his TNA run too. Like I felt like it it you know it was it was still it was still the most entertaining thing on the show, but it wasn't near as effective as it was earlier. But um. Well, I think I attribute that, Raj, to uh, TNA uh, hooked up the, the horses and the wagon and everything and made Broken Mad and Brother Nero and everybody carry. Like, I think they overexposed it. They, they required yeah. them to do to fill so many minutes of television. Because TNA was like, <laughs> oh, my God, we've hit this gem. Let's just make this the whole show. Hence, they did one episode. Yeah, they the did. Whole thing. So I, I think that was part of what might – because I, I kind of relate to you in that feeling – yeah, I think, that's sure. why, I think that's why. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of those things you don't want to overexpose. Or, you know, and this is the last thing I'll say on it, or change up what Bray's doing in this. Because Bray is in the same Bray backdrop, cutting the same Bray promo. So then he was a little more sing-songy than usual. But with Bray, is there his promos he cut against Finn, promos he was cutting against Randy. It's just all the same, man. Like, why even bother shooting something new? Just, you know, dub in the opponent's name. And just have him say his jibber jabber, you know. They, again they, and again. His promos have lost their effectiveness since he feuded with Cena, because it's been like a lower card version of everything you've already seen. And um, he and it, you know they want him in that role. And you know there was that period where they were going to turn him babyface. You remember mm-hmm. that? And then he got injured on that episode where they started the babyface turn. Like he like saved Roman, or he was he he. I can't remember if he teamed with Roman or he saved Roman, but they did something where they were going in that direction. Then Bray got hurt, and then boom, and then he was back well, to where he was. Fate's the a f- funny thing. It also saved us from seeing him as Sister Abigail, but now in hindsight, I'm kind of wishing that was the direction they were going in. At least it would be different. 
It would have been terrible, most likely, but at least it would be different. And they're bringing up Sister Abigail a lot with this, so well, I don't think maybe they go back. They've dropped it. Yeah. yeah, Matt's become woken, and Bray becomes Sister Abigail. Get or, out the yeah, or, or he just becomes a bludgeon brother. I mean, yeah, that's true. Get out the lace napkin, put it over his face again, make it happen. Bray bludgeon. Uh, Jesus Christ. He's a big big mallet and all. Uh, Okay, so uh, this got a lot more balanced tonight than I thought. The Revival surprise return in a match that up until the end, I was not sure if it was meant to showcase the Revival or Rhino and Slater, who got in a surprising amount of offense against the team that's supposed to be the dominant throwback faction, making their big uh, Raw re-debut in a sense tonight. It's funny because they're assuming you don't watch WWE programming, right? Because they're assuming like no one watches main event, which I guess no one does. Because um, oh, where does where does main yeah, event air? Event? Where does it air? Tell me right now. It airs somewhere because they produce it every week. Wrestling Inc. <laughs> Wrestling Inc. is great about posting the results <laughs> of it, but where the frick does it air? It airs on a delay on the WWE Network. It's on Hulu, I believe. Is it really? I don't, I don't think believe, so. I don't, I don't think it airs in the U.S. I don't believe. I thought it, it was outside of the U.S. According, I searched WWE main event and I got watched main event online at Hulu. They probably haven't updated it, <laughs> honestly. Hulu doesn't okay. even know that. Anyone, any in the chat, if you have Hulu, is main event on there? Let us know. Someone's saying it is, so I think you're right, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, an episode from last. It Wednesday. airs in Canada, apparently. So, uh, oh God, who was the one that was injured? Why is it slipping my mind? I, I thought they said tonight, well, both of them had an injury, they said tonight. Uh, Dawson, Dawson was the last one. Got, when when yeah. they were building to the Hardys' revival, Dawson, the bald one, was the last one that got hurt. Yeah. And I love the revival. But they, tonight... should wearing, they should be wearing fanny packs. <laughs> and Zubaz pants and Ribera jackets. Right. So, Scott Dawson's been injured. So, Dash Wilder's been wrestling on main event for, like, the last you know, last five months Got or it. however long he's been out. Um, but what's funny about watched. that tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Just no, I was just saying Raj has been watching main event. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else does. Raj has to update on the site who wrestled on main event from the reader tips he gets. We do. We got main event to, you know, the yeah. main event results for tonight. Um, Titus brand. How's Titus brand doing on main event? What's up with Dana Brooks? Alan Cruz defeated Kurt Hawkins and Kalista de- defeated Arya Davari. So, if you know, if you don't have a Hulu membership, hey, if you got you go. Runaways, you got the Johnny Carson show, and you got WWE main event right there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. So, uh, oh, and Future Man, which I binged all of last week with uh, an actor that I swear to God I thought was one of the dudes from The Ascension until I went to his IMDb page. Um, but anyhow, so the revival, right? This should have been big tonight, but then who gets the seg- uh, the vignette? After backstage, Slater and Rhino saying they got to toughen up. They want to keep their place and keep getting these opportunities. Now, here's yep. the problem with, with the revival. Um, and I'm huge fans of the revival is when you got them coming off of two injuries, Vince is, you know, he has that mentality of really not doing much with guys after they've been injured. And uh, especially coming off of two in a short period. Um, the guy so I hope that doesn't hurt him. Gotta go to SmackDown or Gallows and Anderson. Vince is still in charge of SmackDown. Yeah, well, but still, I don't think. Hey, Vince is restarting the XFL. He's got other stuff to deal with. He's gonna road dog, you know. Well, 
and to everything and to everything Raj. Well, first off, I think it was nice they at least in the middle of the uh, revival entrance they at least cut to a little bit of the video montage to try to remind people who they were. That was nice. <laughs> Remember these guys you saw like on oh, two episodes? They were before? dominant for three weeks. Right. <laughs> I, I give that credit, but Raj is uh, very much he knows what he's talking on this, and and this is this is gonna uh, piss the the chat room off here. <laughs> <laughs> That is a very what Raj said about the injuries and, and what it does to Vince's mentality. Like I could tell you firsthand, heard it from sources uh, involved in this. That's a big part of something that has caused Finn Balor to be put in a reset. Hmm. Vince was pitched and and trusted the pitch and went with it to say, okay, SummerSlam, second big of the show of the year. I'm gonna give this brand new title to this this guy who's so over with the the music and the entrance and NXT and the demon, the face paint and the blah 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 blah. And guy gets hurt, not Finn's fault, just gets hurt, just freak, you know, freak accident. That did him no favors. That screwed up a lot of creative. And at the end of the day, when it's business, that pissed Vince off. I can see it. Yeah, I mean yeah, you can <laughs> hear it straight from people that have worked with Vince. Uh, mm-hmm. Freddie Prince Jr. has talked about it several times, and he agrees with them, uh, saying that Vince doesn't, you know. We got to get FPJ on the podcast. I feel like, I know he's doing his own thing now. I feel like he'd be a fantastic guest on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know what he's doing right now. He's got a podcast. I think that's all he's doing. Doesn't everyone have a podcast? Everyone has Jeez, a podcast. we got one. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, so but yeah. yeah, I mean, you saw with Ziggler, remember? Ziggler yeah. was world heavyweight champion. Uh, got the concussion, uh, lost it immediately when he came back and was pushed so far down the card that he's kind of been in that rut ever since. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll bring him in for a, a three-week push or a four-week push and then back down the card. But Dan O'Brien. Daniel they, Bryan. Put, they put so much stock. I mean, they changed a WrestleMania. They changed the entire story for WrestleMania 30, the big 30 around Bryan. And the night of, it delivered. And then, of course, we all know what happened three weeks later. And then he's out for 10 months. They bring him back again, which I think partially they bring him back. And that, that's a big part of what Hart Roman is that they, they, they advertise Bryan's coming back in this rumble. Bryan gets eliminated at like 19 or 20. They, you know, pushing, he's in an intercontinental thing and he gets hurt again. I mean, it, you can't imagine when, when Vince is looking at this from a, from a, from a line item of what are we spending on this guy? What are we invested? In? What are we doing? This guy keeps getting hurt. And that's just, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a bad, yeah. bad, bad deal. But yeah. So later, real week. quick, real quick. Here's the, uh, the quote from Freddie Prince. Uh, and you look on the site, the title of your article is Freddie Prince Jr. on Vince McMahon rightly putting WWE title on bigger stars and ignoring fans. Uh, so what he said was, I want, you, I want you to believe in the indie guys and the guys coming from NXT, but just remember only certain guys get to hold the title. Oh, you've got to be the right type. The small guys, their story is climbing the mountain. It's not reaching the mountaintop. They're Sisyphus. Am I saying that right? Oh, the uh, the the boulder rolling the boulder uphill. Yeah, they rolled the boulder up only to have it thrown all the way back down. Shawn Michaels was a rare exception because his body would not break. Rain Mysterio is an exception that proves the rule. He's not an exception to the rule. He got hurt. The demands of a champion. Daniel Bryan is another great example of 
what they have to do to their bodies 325 days a year without good sleeping conditions, without good physical therapy, without the means to rest between matches because you're just on another plane in coach flying somewhere is grueling and destructive. And that's why Vince wants to keep the belt on bigger guys because historically they've been able to last longer and remain healthier. So you see certain people push a certain way. I mean, you know that's coming directly from Vince. I mean, he's not like guessing that's what Vince thinks. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I see it. Um, yeah. So with the revival, we shall see. Rhino and Slater, get ready for some vignettes. They got a storyline, folks. Good. They're going to toughen up. He Slater is gold in everything he does. So Absolutely. He, he <laughs> dropped his catchphrase tonight. I popped for that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. to put to, to put Heath over, man, and we talked about it earlier. Go back, let's go back to Raw One Thousand. You know, Heath was doing that gimmick of fighting the legends um, and getting beat by the, all the different legends, and that was totally that was totally uh, Raj. And you you might know Heath better than I do here. I think you can verify this. That was Heath. He yeah. he pitched that to them and said, "Let me go out now. Let me go out. And, let me go out and job to all these legends." But he was smart enough to realize this could be the highlight of the, of the shows, and and it did, and it was, and and he had a great. Uh, a great spot um, leading up to that Raw 1000 and in the Raw 1000. So, yeah, Heath knows what he's doing. So, hopefully, this is a hopefully he's got some kind of plan here. Yeah, what I was going to say is, oh, yeah, he's got a great mind for what works enter- entertainment wise. You know, like, <laughs> although to hear him tell it, he just shows up, they tell him they got something for him, and he goes, okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> can, can we bring him on the podcast again? And can we do the game of, all right, Heath, we're going to tell you four things. <laughs> Three of them happen on Raw. Let's see what he says. Yeah, Heath's back in catering. I don't think Heath follows Raw very closely each week. No, but it looks uh, like they're doing something with them. I remember they were teasing them breaking up last year. They'll probably be the end of this. I mean, right, that's the end game, I think, of this, that they'll get tough and then go the way the hype rose. Because yeah. that apparently, last night, I don't know what you thought of this, Justin, like the TD center like was super invested in Mojo Raleigh versus Zack Ryder on the kickoff show match last night. I mean, never thought that would happen. Well, you got to uh, think Mojo's best friends are Gronkowski. Gronkowski is, yeah. you know, in the Patriots or in that area. I don't know. Maybe I put <laughs> some people in. I pop for, I pop for Gronkowski cause I'm, I'm from Maryland. Yeah. And, or, or pop for Gronkowski pop for Mojo. Cause Mojo went to university of Maryland. I'm from Maryland. He was wearing the Maryland flag on his tights. So that was a cheap pop for me. Well, there you go. Um, final segment of the night. We made it, folks. Um, we had Elias interrupted uh, by Sasha Banks, Mickey James, and Bailey. Think, strange how they did that. Kind of liked it. Was worried for a second we were going to have Sasha and Elias announced for the mixed match challenge, but uh, thankfully that did not happen. Just Elias filling some time for the women's match going was, into the match. I, I thought he was great as always. I, yeah. I, I get a kick out of him. He, he did do it, it for me in NXT, and I, I think he's just uh, awesome here. Yeah. And uh, they went up against Absolution. Chaos, as the locker room empties out into the ring, Stephanie McMahon comes out and announces the women's rumble. Kind of weird that they showed her coming there in the limo earlier in the night to have her sort of spontaneously break up the ruckus. I think Bailey it was. Day. I think it was good because here's why. Because um, once we saw the uh, once we saw the six man tag of of the make makeshift shield versus the bar and Joe. Yeah, I was thinking about once we saw that at the the ten, at the oh, East Coast, the ten o'clock turn, start of the third hour. I was like, all right, well, what the what the hell are the 
Like, what am I forgetting? What are they ending the show with? And then I see Stephanie, and I'm like, oh, we still have the women. If I wouldn't have seen Stephanie, I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch all over all because that's what I do and I'm doing this podcast. But I can see the average person going, well, all right, well, what the hell else do I want to watch? Like, what's, what's on the line for this, this women's match? So by, I think by seeing Stephanie, it gave it a little, okay, I got to make sure I watch because obviously I'm going to see Stephanie again. When's she going to show up? Who's she going to emasculate? Well, what charitable well, initiative is she going to announce? Well, but right. But I think it's, yeah, I think, it, I, you know. You knew something big was coming. Right. Or something important. Um, and I, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think we all probably guessed it was going to be a women's rumble announcement or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, um, my problem with the women's division has always been how they book no heat with these women. Like, you know, they're, they're absolution or whatever. They're supposed to be this, you know, this force that's attacking everyone. And then Stephanie McMahon comes in, they just all kind of stand back and they're like, Oh, <laughs> what's, you know, <laughs> and, 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 I, like, I like that noise you made, Raj. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, it's terrible. Like they they booked these women like they're um, like they're school kids, and yeah. you know they all play together. And then on certain weeks they're feuding with each other, and on certain weeks they're you know they're 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 friends and teaming together. There's no like real heat, and they need that. And uh, I think that's just been missing. And you saw it tonight, and and so. I give them all the credit in the world that they're putting the women in, in these specialty matches, you know, with Hell in the Cell and Money in the Bank and now the Rumble. But until you start booking them differently and not clumping them all together and, and making it seem like they have real rivalries too and real issues that makes you want to pay to see a resolution to it, um, it, it's not much different than how they booked women five years ago, ten years ago except that they're doing these specialty matches now. Who wants, who wants to make a bet that when they do the Women's Rumble, whether it's 15 or 20 or 30, then that last spot comes. So let's say if it's 20. So we've had 19 entrants, and we're waiting for 20. When 20 hits, and then and it, you know, 3, 2, 1, er, and it's Stephen McMahon. Oh, I, thought you were, I, I, th- I thought you were going to say James Ellsworth. No. <laughs> Steph, well, that's actually another Maybe. one. I'll give him a one-off. But, you know... I always I endorse it on Chair Shot that we do the Wrestle Rumble thing where you can predict who's coming out and Rumble's fun. I really wonder. I would not put it past Stephanie that she somehow inserts herself in the match. And then again, if she ends up having wins. Oh, yeah. if oh, she's God. in it, she's winning. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I, well maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I Triple would... H was the surprise entrant. He 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 won. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a McNeil. He's a McMahon's you're talking about. Oh, I think Ronda Rousey, that would be a cool surprise. Oh, yeah. You know, you have Asuka beat Alexa Bliss, R- Rousey win the w- Rumble. That would get a ton of media. And then you got a hot WrestleMania uh, women's title match. If Asuka's not in the Rumble. Yeah. If, 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 if they, uh, we assume here, is so if, they, if the Rumble undercard, meaning not the Rumble matches, is a universal title match, a WWE championship match, and then if they do two women's title matches, if Asuka is in one of those women's title matches, Yes, I will say I think absolutely Ron Rousey is in the Rumble, advertised or not, and wins it. Yeah, I think that would be an awesome way to, to build that. What did they do in NXT before Asuka was champ? Didn't they have it that she was out? Was she out with injury and then all the women ganged up on Nia Jax to get her out? Or was it the other way around? Like one of them was held out of the Rumble for the number one contendership. 
This was back like a year and a half ago on NXT when Bailey was the champ. And they only had one of them in the match, but they were the target. All the women got her out first, and the other one wasn't medically cleared. That's fine, Naya. That sounds yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Because you have to make an excuse for it, right? You can't have Asuka be in the rumble and get just I mean, they would have to have everyone gang up on her to have to Well she could. Her. I mean she has I mean yeah. I mean she hasn't lost a match one on one, so if it takes ten people to yeah. eliminate her, it's not like that's a that doesn't bury her uh Yeah, first. yeah. But, I feel like they need to protect her and Naya though somewhat to keep yeah. building them. Cause I still think Naya versus Asuka is a money match. They just need to get both I of them. To that I, I don't see it on the horizon. No. Yeah. And, and and on paper, Glenn, I get what you're saying because the way Naya has been mostly protected and obviously Asuka mm-hmm. has, I think about the match, like think about the belt to belt. I don't think that'd be a good belt to belt match. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Naya hasn't really had a, a good bell to bell one-on-one match yet. Uh, she's gotten a lot better, but uh, I liked her match with Bailey. Uh, whatever takeover that was at, when Bailey beat her, I thought that was good storytelling in that match. They made her seem dominant. They made Bailey's wins seem credible. But since Naya has been on, yeah, no, not on the main roster. roster. I mean, her best matches have been in the the, the triple threats or the four ways. Yeah. You know. Well, we'll see. You know, she's in a, in a storyline with Enzo for the foreseeable future. So that's what Thrilling. Naya's up to. Thrilling. <laughs> um, do we even need to give a final thought on this Raw? Actually, you know what? It, it you know, seemed like a placeholder. Like you, it just, you, know you could miss it and you didn't miss anything. Credit to this, though. We're all talking more about where things are going based on this Raw. I feel like... Something's afoot in the WWE. Well, let me Something ask, enough. Let me ask. Well, we're hitting that. We're hitting the hot season now. You yeah. Know? In what, two weeks is when they start picking it up. So mm-hmm. what are yeah. we? What are we gonna get? Let's ask this. Are we? Roman took off this week. Are we getting like how much? How much should I tune in for on Christmas next week? Oh, John Cena is gonna give a very good pep talk about America. <laughs> <laughs> and the spirit of the holidays. I'm not even kidding. Matt not, Hoff, I, I don't see what America has to do with Christmas. <laughs> it's something. the WWE, Raj. America uh, has to do I, with everything. I, they usually don't combine Christmas with the, the Patriot thing. They already did the Patriot thing with uh, tribute to the troops, but we'll see. John Cena's going to run over Santa. So it didn't make it seem like it might be just a special thing. Like He's not necessarily back on Raw. So... Um, if he's not, they could always do keep that world now, title program with him and AJ. Remember, and both Raw, him around. both Raw and SmackDown are in Chicago, which is arguably their hottest and most consistent city. So it's you know, yeah. If CM Punk is dressed as Santa Claus, then <laughs> yeah. How long before they chant CM Punk on? If Raw that happens week? next week, we're not doing a podcast next Monday. If CM Punk shows up on we'll Raw, we'll do it. We'll call. Yeah, we, like I will leave my family's house and uh hop on via hangout i'll cut off my pinky yeah. and uh <laughs> i won't <'cause... laughs> i won't because he blocked me on twitter so i'm not doing oh well there you go you earned that one he has us blocked too he blocked us does he really yeah we he can we used to be friends raj you're the boss can we do one podcast where we all tell our stories of why Punk <laughs> blocked them because <laughs> I have a fun story of why you locked Mont. Uh, go ahead. You want to tell it now, not, or is it? Now, no, no, no. Let's we'll save it. We'll save it. Marketing. Let's stretch. I will let's tell it on another podcast. All right, let's yeah. do it. Um. So what else is going he on? Block wrestling. Inc. He blocked me. 
So, oh, there you go. Like, so it's not WrestleMania; it's you personally, Rock. Yeah, and we, you know, we we were uh, we were cool back in the day. So I'm blocked by three. <laughs> back in the, I'm blocked by three. Punk. I'm blocked by CM Punk. I'm blocked by Jim Cornette. I'm blocked by the uh, the current uh, Sin Cara, aka Hunico. Those are three oh, blocks. Nice. For me, oh, Sin Cara has me blocked too, and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was almost going to write her a column for us uh, after he retired. Shawn and... blocked you. Yeah, no, he hates he hates us. Right really? Now. Yeah, he's hated us for a little bit. I, there's a story with that too. So, well, um, I, I mean, I can try to get you back in the good graces of that one. Yeah, I don't care. This is a separate. <laughs> let the people speak. This is an episode waiting to happen. Yeah, we'll 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 get the stories behind the blockings. So. Yeah. Um, there you go. Um, so what more is going on with this XFL thing, Raj? So Justin, a lot of people have been asking me about, you know, the, the Panthers are going to be up for sale. What is the approval process for an owner? Like you can't just buy an NFL team. It's not like there's a price there. You have to be approved by the, is it the majority of the owners or all the owners? Um, you know, it's a majority. So like Trump was blocked from buying an NFL team back right. in the day. So right. I can't see them selling to Vince McMahon. Um, no, he, 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 they won't. Um, let me put this out. So in my time of covering uh, the, I'm here in Pittsburgh covering the Steelers. Um, I don't have all the fine prints. I don't want to, I don't want to come off as I'm an expert, but, but you're right. There is a majority approval. Vince is not buying the Panthers. It, Vince could afford it, but it would not be a smart move. You know, like it, it would not, it wouldn't. I mean, I know he's from Carolina. That's where he like went to school or he grew up, whatever, but it wouldn't happen. Um, yeah. And he's not, there is a majority process that happens. So I, I don't think Vince in the NFL is any, any serious uh, conversation. The serious conversation is what we all know and what probably most of our listeners know, which is, uh, he is doing some self-funding of a subsidiary company. Uh, the trademarks are being the trademarks are there. Um, WWE PR people are not denying that there's something going on. So it leads us all to believe that something is happening, you know. And and obviously it is a we could classify it as an opportune timing because. For the uh, American fans of, of NFL, this has been a bad year for PR for them with the mounting concussion st- stuff, with um, off-the-field stuff, domestic violence, etc., uh, the national anthem protest, everything politically. So, you know, something's happening. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it certainly seems, based upon WWE PR not denying it, Based upon on record the PR or um, the trademark stuff that we can see, something's happening. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it. I, um, it, you know, you want to talk about, like NFL's taking a little bit of a hit, and, and it wasn't just this year; it was last year as well. The ratings are down a little, but they're still a gigantic beast, and um, it, it it would take a long time to compete with them. Now, what I was saying is, if you did something in the spring. And I don't know if you open it up to other in people to invest. And you do these cities that the NFL isn't in, like the, the cities that lost teams, like St. Louis or, you know, the Raider, you know, Oakland's going to be losing the Raiders, uh, San Diego. Um, I don't know. I, or you do it in arenas so you don't have these big no. empty stadiums. 
know, here, here is, here it's, is either way. I think there's no way it could work, but well, well I, I don't, I don't want to say there's no way it could work because we don't know enough of the information yet. We don't know enough of what we're basing that on. That's but here's, true. That is a good point. Here's, here's what I would say. I would say if he's, if he's looking to sell fun and he has, maybe he has investors or other rich people that are going to get in this, if there's going to be a new football league, another alternative to the NFL, first off, let's, let's remember the XFL had a lot of good things from a presentation standpoint that the NFL stole. And use and utilize. Okay, so well, like a few camera shots, but not like well, okay, so not like cameras in the cheerleaders' locker room or all the stuff that XFL was selling. Right. All right. <laughs> well, let's let's even know that. Here's my here's my suggestion. First off, number one, when the XFL was around the first time, social media wasn't a thing. So if the XFL or well, I'll say XFL, but it might be it might be branded as something else. But I'll just say XFL for purposes here. If the XFL comes back. Don't put it on cable television. You, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, they're already involved in the NFL, right? Don't try to put it back on cable television. Make the distribution all digital, whether it's WWE Network, whether it's Hulu, whether it's Netflix, whatever, whether it's Facebook live streaming, use that as the distribution. Next, put the games on a weekday. And go head to head with the NFL. Don't nobody wants to watch football from March through the summertime. People that watch football aren't trained that way, and that's what the XFL did the first time. They launched in February. Go head to head in football months, meaning when they're taking their kids to practice, when they're watching college, everything else. But just do the games on the weekday. Don't do it on the weekend like the NFL is. Do that. I think that I think with the distribution now with social media, the WWE network, um, with the disapproval that there is with the NFL, or at least the, the you know the the second guessing, I'm not saying it's going to be a hit, but uh, I I don't think that it's the worst time to try to do something like this. My only other issue would be, and I don't want to get political here, is. Uh, a lot of people would probably go, okay, Donald Trump obviously has a relationship with Vince and the WWE. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Donald Trump has been very vocal against the NFL. The worry would be a very large majority of the nation is, um, uh, you know, not Donald Trump fans right now. The worry would be, okay, whatever this XFL or football league is would be uh, attached as a Donald Trump thing. Mm. And then people would naturally just go against it because of their political divide. Um, but that's all that, 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 that's what I think right now. But I think, Oh boy. All right. So, so just point by point real quick. We don't, I mean, I know we're already way over. So you think politically people sorry. will watch sea level football head to head with the NFL in some tab in their browser, as opposed to going like a bar, watching it with their friends, a big screen TV, uh, Watching in some, you know, on Facebook on their phone as opposed to, you know, how it's consumed right now. Yes, I, I do. And think about, look, think about this. The, 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 real, quick, real quick, Rick. So the UFC last week, they, they streamed it and it was available on television. The streaming portion got, I think it was 1.5% of the viewership of what, you know, of what the TV version got. Um Amazon Prime, they're not releasing their numbers for the NFL games that they've done. But almost every occurrence of a, a live sporting event 
and actually every major US one, uh, the streaming has been such a small percentage uh, that to cover the cost of doing a league like this uh, to a, a percentage of people that would watch on TV, um, you're doomed for failure. You need a TV deal of some sort. You need, that that's that's where all the money is. Unless a Facebook is throwing away a billion dollars. Which they are. And hey, They want to get in video really, really bad. I mean, they, they already are. a billion dollars for a football league, uh, then, hey, well, then you might have something. I, I agree. It helps to have a TV distribution. And that's not to say there aren't still networks that could distribute it that aren't currently in the NFL game. But I think this could survive. Early, I don't want to say survive, but I think it could launch. More and more people are cutting the cord in terms of digital, digital distribution. And again, you, there's never been more dislike and unhappiness with the NFL than there is now. So I, I, I would say that I think at this point in time, and then, and then personnel-wise, again, not to make this a sports show, we're right now, Colin Kaepernick, a polarizing figure, not used. RG3, somebody who hasn't been used in the league. I, 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 think there's an, I think the way the sport of football has gone to where there's a style that you play in college and a style in pro, and there's been a, a disconnect of guys who haven't lived up to – that are exciting players but don't fit the NFL or professional. I think there's just a lot of gaps to be filled. I'm not saying this is going to be like the thing that changes football or overtakes NFL. I'm just saying this might be the one time that if you were ever going to revive – the Vince McMahon ideal of doing an alternative for football, this is the time. And there are social media, there's so many other mechanisms right now to work with. It's, it's worthwhile. Well, so further adding craziness to this, Meltzer yesterday speculates that Vince could sell the WWE to someone like Disney. That if there was ever a time he was going to cash out, now he, he, he said it. Which, he said, which, he yes. said if he had the right offer, he'd take it. Yes. And I've actually. Which back in the day, if you remember uh, when he was. You know, at war with WCW, he would he would say back then he would never sell. Mm -hmm. So that he's completely changed his mind on that. He has, and Glenn, it's funny you brought that up because um, I, I didn't know that Melissa said that. But um, I've had this conversation many times on my audio podcast, and, and Mark Madden, uh, former WCW announcer, has been in the studio. We've had this conversation a lot, where I've actually said I could see um, whenever Vince, whether Vince is alive or not alive, I could see. WWE selling to a giant media conglomerate, and the only one that I could see fitting that would have the money and the resources to do live entertainment is Disney. Disney I've actually, Fox. I've actually I've used Disney as an example of they're in the live event business. I They've could, got Hulu now, right? So uh, that's it's funny to say that because, and then to what Rod is saying, like yeah, I mean the the tone has changed. You know, the XFL was in what a one, so I mean. Yeah. A lot has changed in a decade and a half now of what the game plan is for the company. ESPN and ABC would probably like to have wrestling programming, you know, sure. put stuff on Hulu streaming. Um, I, I could see it. And I could see if they had uh, even a partnership distribution with this new XFL, there's some opportunities there if they feel that maybe they're going to lose NFL rights or maybe they feel NFL rights aren't worth what they're paying for them the next time they come up for negotiation. So Disney is buying Fox right now. You just got to wonder, like, how much money they have to, you know, spend on something like a WWE purchase. They would spend 3% of what they spent on Fox on the WWE. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, well, it, I mean, I'm guessing it would have to take a couple billion. I, UFC sold for four. <sighs> Who knows, man? Maybe it's five. Gonna, five it's going to come to a point to where no, no. I, WWE's five to ten. I'm just tossing that out there. I don't think they'd make anywhere close to what UFC got. UFC no. got an insane amount for their for their. Okay, deal. so let's I think, say they got three. Let's say they got. Three. I would think yeah. two. I would think two to three. Would they? Yeah. they'd probably do it. No, no way. WWE sells for uh, four billion less than four. I mean, yeah, no, I. Mickey Mouse has an endless bank account. We have no idea what could uh, mm-hmm. be bought. You, you think they they'd get over four for a sell? No. No, don't be less than four. Oh yeah, yeah, that's less that's what I think. I think, yeah, one to two, maybe three. But so, um, so here's my next. But one. a Disney under, so you get as much as people criticize Vince, man, and we're going off on this is one of our longer podcasts tonight. But <laughs> uh, people are pointing out, Jump Two is pointing out that the market cap right now is two point five billion at the current share price. Um, you take Vince McMahon out, and you have Disney owning it. It's a whole different business then. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure they'll bring Triple H on for a little bit. I'm sure, you know, with the intent of keeping him on. But at some point, you know, if the ratings are going down, they're not making their money back. Because look at the UFC. They're they're really like they cut a ton of costs once they bought the UFC, you know, just trying to uh, trying to cover the the interest that they are, they're paying on the, the debt that they've had to take to, to purchase the UFC. So. Um, well, and that would be an issue is that if, if, if a Disney bought a WWE, which WWE is a, a pioneer in live event presentation, but re- but even though WWE doesn't like to call themselves wrestling, they're still pro wrestling the roots of things and pro wrestling is still you know, at the roots of it, it, it. It's a carny experience. And if Disney didn't understand that or, or, or like, I mean, that. That's what becomes like. That's what becomes interesting is that is is trying to think about, and that's again the sort of Mark Man and I've had these debates is what would the what would the end game be like? Would that be good or bad for the business of of a conglomerate like a Disney? And furthermore, I try to think optimistically that a Triple H, a Stephanie, even a Shane at that point are going to like protect what has been built by their family. But at the same time, if Disney goes. We're going to write you this real fat check, and you're going to do what we tell you to do. Hmm? How 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 loyal are you to the family business? Well, I'll look tell you at, though. Just look at WCW with all the ownership changes it went through, right? I mean, they but were, there, but there's had a, nothing there, to do with wrestling in charge. Yeah, but theirs were they were forced by the hand of it. There was WCW never had a wrestling person. Eric Bischoff wasn't a wrestling person; he was a sales guy. Ted Turner yeah. wasn't a wrestler. Yeah, player. but Vince is Vince is probably not going to stay around uh, once it sells. Oh, well, I, but um, that's what I'm asking you. But 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 Triple H is a wrestling guy. Okay? Yeah. So that's what I'm asking you is. But if they're not seeing positive results under Triple H, if they're yeah. not seeing an increase in in TV rights, and then it's any, then it's time for Vince Russo to make his last stand, <laughs> one more run, running hey, Disney WWE. This is this is well. This is where the guys like George Barrios. And the other business people come into play is that uh, not not to sound morbid here, but when Vince is out of the picture, yeah, Triple H is not a a lifelong business guy. You know, I mean, Stephanie and Shane have learned. Well, Shane Shane more than anybody is. But Shane has the least to do uh, behind the scenes, if if anything. um, He does right now, but I think that's because him and Vince. 
I think I could see Shane being more involved. But my, the thing is, for the outside perspective, the people like George Barrios, the people that are that are key right now, that are business people, have to then take more of a role and make the outside world go, okay, this company is still ran by business people. Triple H is the carny. He's running the carny stuff. Hey, and Disney on Ice isn't highfalutin Broadway theater. Disney on Ice is like a touring sweatshop of ice skaters and costumes. It's Don't a very think. different fan base you're seeing at Disney on Ice yeah, than but at the wrestling. Behind the scenes, though, I'm saying the way they run that production. Don't yeah. think that professional wrestling is a big step down from that. No, it's it's not just it's not necessarily that. It's I mean, I, we'll probably have to table this discussion because we, we've gone way late. There's a couple things I have to mention real quick. Uh, WWE, um, we'll, we'll get to finishing this topic up, but real quick, WWE has confirmed that the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble gets a championship match at WrestleMania 34, so that's one. Second, WWE is reporting that Dean Ambrose was injured. Huh. Uh, that he was taken to a nearby medical facility for x-rays and evaluation, and more details on his condition should be available tomorrow. Um, usually they don't, um, they don't post fake injury updates. They have, I think they have before. I, it's not crossing my mind. The last Weird time that they would have shot it. that backstage segment after though. With a right there during the commercial, like, Hey, let's, let's find a way yeah. to write them off real quick. <laughs> like, yeah, this will be good. I will say when, when he got, when, what the injury, the, the cell of the injury happened, Rollins dove to the outside, hit everybody. And I, I rewinded on my DVR a couple times to watch it. His maybe he was just a really good actor. Ambrose did have a legit reaction of, oh yeah, holy hell! Oh, I just heard. Yeah, it. I mean, like we we're all saying when we saw it, it looked legit because I just refused it's not to what they script. Anything. It's not usually yeah. what they script for those. And the fact that the, the the ending then just came so awkwardly, like just Rollins ran in and that was that was it. It was kind of weird. So it looks like uh, you know he he has had problems with that that arm. So Natalie was Sorry. pointing out that he's, he had been nursing an injury. So um, we'll, we'll see. So I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing that Roman Torres in our chat wrote, they should make the wrestlers wrestle on ice with ice skates. <laughs> Just that got me uh, for a second there. Um, one thing I have to call out before we wrap here, props to the World Wildlife Fund tonight. Do you yeah. guys see those commercials? Advertising the WWF on WWE programming. Yep. Kudos. Yeah, really rubbing it in. Pizza insurance was back. Pizza insurance is back, baby. I'm going to get me a pizza and drop it just on principle. Make them replace it. Roman Reigns is advertised for next week's Raw. Uh, he, he's had this weekend off all along, so it's nothing nothing there. Just wow. for people asking in the chat. Hey, you um, know what, though? For our last Monday Night Raw recap of the year, because we're not going to work on Christmas mm-hmm. in recapping the show, but we will be here this Wednesday and next Wednesday. I have to say, for our last... last Raw recap of the year. It's a shame Matt Morgan couldn't make it tonight, but what an exciting time in the business that for kind of a meh Raw, we can have so much of a conversation about where things are going and where things are at and getting the wheels turning. I know people that listen to this podcast sometimes say, oh, you guys just bag on WWE and wrestling all the time. I think, you know, it is an exciting time. We're not always happy with the way things are going. I don't bag on WWE. I'm the WWE kiss ass. He is. He is. You're just angling for that uh, <laughs> Rosenberg, you know? Absolutely. I'm, I, I tell Sam and Rosenberg they better watch out. I'm kissing ass harder. Yeah, going to be on that pre-show, man, with Otunga, making witty banter with Otunga. Yeah. If I have to do a pre-show with Otunga, I'll be fired in the first. Going, that's a good point, David. 
I never want to work for WWE, so you can get the. I'm completely honest with what I'm the everything else. I'm the kiss ass. Everything I do is to step up the Triple H. That's if you you weren't if you weren't aware. Pedigree would hurt you in real life. Yeah, I want I want two weeks in creative. (laughs) I want the shortest run in creative ever, where I just go and give them a piece of my mind and get fired. Yeah. That's my that's my end game. Um, well, folks, we'll be back here Wednesday, twelve noon Eastern, to talk about SmackDown Live, the fallout from Clash of Champions. What is going to happen now that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are staying in the WWE? Daniel Bryan, did he turn? We'll discuss it all on Wednesday, and what happens with SmackDown. Justin Labar, what do you want to plug before we finish things up here? At Justin Labar on Twitter, I'm active twenty four seven. Uh, of course, Chair Shot Reality videos. You can see them on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube page. I have my own audio podcast, Wrestling Reality, on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, all the other fun platforms. Um, that's that. Thanks to all the kind words with the guys in the chat room. We yeah. really appreciate it. It's been an amazing year. Um, we we can do you know we can do this without you guys. So we you know thank thanks as always. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Just Wrestler of the Year with that explanation. I think Braun Strowman probably won the year for me yeah year uh, starts to year end if, if you went just just on in ring it's okada but if i went all around i'd almost go oh, yikes you know aj's had some uh underwhelming matches on pay-per-view this year yeah. um i almost ooh, i'm gonna get killed for this but i'd almost say roman he all his pay-per-view matches have been great his worst one was probably undertaker at mania which was still a you know main event at mania uh, yeah, and he's he pulled out great matches with Braun, the awesome match at SummerSlam. So yeah, so look all- at that. Raj just gave the speech. Roman, you won my respect. You're the real wrestler of the year, and you raised his hand in victory. You're, all, you're already on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. Go over, find the Chair Shot Reality WWE Superstar of 2017, and I tell you why it is Braun. And I tell you why all you AJ Styles fans can suck it. I love AJ. I think AJ, I thought he was a wrestler of the year last year, but I think, uh, I I didn't think he had enough good pay-per-view matches this year. He was kind of pushed aside from the majority of the year. And that's the problem with the year is these things go, it's very tough to have 12 strong months in the WWE. Braun Strowman had 12 strong months. Braun always looks strong. If you take out Okada, Kenny Omega, Cody, I think in ROH, um, but then it, it comes down to Brock, Roman, and Braun as far as effectiveness, real difference making and stuff. So, anyway. yep. Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern, folks. We'll see you back here. Until next time, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Take care.